Hello and welcome to the Nature Unplugged podcast, where we are all about cultivating consciousness in the digital age. Let's get going. Welcome to the Nature Unplugged podcast with me, your host, Sebastian Sloven, and with me is co-host Sonia Muhammad. Hey, everybody. What's up, Sonia? What's up, Seb? How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Are you excited for the show? I am. Ooh, me too. Me too. Okay. In today's episode, we are going to be exploring this concept of being zoomed out. Uh, we're going to talk about remote working and schooling and how that's impacting us. So... You know, we'd love to hear, you know, what are your thoughts on working and schooling from home? Are you enjoying this newfound freedom and flexibility? You know, there's no commute. Uh, you can be on a, a Zoom call with pajama bottoms mm-hmm. or sweatpants or nothing at all, depending on what, you, <laughs> what you're into. Um, or has it been kind of, or has this whole thing been a struggle? You know, do you feel like you're becoming a Zoom bee? I thought I came up with that word, and then I Googled it and realized it's, a thing. it's yeah a thing that I did not come up with. Yeah, so it's been wild times. You know, uh, a lot of people out there, not everyone, but a lot of people are working and learning remotely, and we're going to talk about the pros and cons of that and what we can do to kind of deal with some of the challenges that come along with remote work and school. Like wearing pants. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but before we get into it, a few updates. This is very exciting. We have a new offering on the table. Mm-hmm. We call this uh, Inu Leadership Adventures. Inu, of course, stands for Experience Nature Unplugged. And these are adventures that focus on leadership and character development through experiential learning in the outdoors. So what we're doing is offering really unique and personalized small group experiences that are held at you know, local parks, lagoons, and beaches here around the northern part of San Diego County, led by Sonia Mohammed and me, Sebastian, uh, led by us. Yeah, it's Re- not, yeah, the parks and stuff are starting to open up. It's easier to get outside a little bit. Still, of course, um, some different rules and policies there. But Yeah, yeah. But so the sessions are basically focused on youth development. So this is open for tweens and teens. Mm-hmm. And again, small groups. And there, the sessions are half-day sessions. So if you're out there listening to this and you have a, a tween or a teen that you think might be interested in getting some outdoor time along with some leadership development work, you can check out natureunplugged.com backslash 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 inu-adventures. And we will, of course, link to this in our show notes. And we also wanted to just circle back to uh, our wonderful online course we've been getting some good feedback on. Mm-hmm. It's called Wellness in the Digital Age. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. It's on our website. It's a great resource, uh, speaking of remote learning, a great resource for rebooting and reexamining your relationship with technology and exploring how to re- reconnect with nature and reclaim your free time. And again, you can sign up right on our website. That's natureunplugcom slash online dash intro dash course. And we'll uh, link to that as well. But two good resources right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, both different, both unique, both awesome. Slightly biased, though. Okay, we're into it. 
let's jump into it. We're talking about the challenges, the pros and cons, really, mm -hmm. of working and schooling remotely. Hmm. So let's first, I want to talk about the pros. Yeah. You know, again, to clarify, we're not anti-tech. We're not trying to, you know, have a go at technology. We love it. And there's some really amazing pros to working and or schooling from home. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we kind of touched upon this in the intro, but a great deal more flexibility and freedom in terms of uh, where you can work. You know, well, most people are working from home, but you can kind of work uh, or learn at your own pace. Um, and a lot of times it's it's much more flexible in terms of when you can do that work. Mm -hmm. um, you only have to dress up halfway. <laughs> we already talked about that. That's a major pro. And of course, technology, you know, through things like Zoom and Skype and video conferencing, it, it's just a great way to be able to spread information and through videos and stuff and to scale learning, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also no commute. No commute is nice. Yeah. So I used to work at the University of San Diego, which is far from us. Yeah. Big commute. How, how long were you going? Um, if there was no traffic, about 35 minutes. Um, 35. But definitely on the way home, almost always traffic and closer to, you know, it's usually between 45 and 60 minutes. A lot of time saved daily yeah. on the no commute. Yeah. And we, we did work a bit closer with Nature Unplugged in a co-working space. That's right. Um, but still, it's different. You know, it's, there's still a commute there. They're still packing up your things, making sure you have food and water. And we're at home. You don't have to think about any of that. You can just have your little workstation and... Start when you're ready to start. Have your little workstation. Also a benefit of less commuting, less air pollution. Yeah. Good for the, good for the natures. Mm -hmm. Great for nature. Great for nature. Um, and I'm sure there's other pros out there, but there's, you know, generally speaking, it's, you know, more flexibility, mm -hmm. uh, more time potentially saved. Yeah. More time to do other wonderful things. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. I will, a side tangent. Side tangent. <laughs> I find this like dressing halfway up like a very funny thing that a lot of us are experiencing. But I saw an article that for, for folks who are still buying clothes, um, like tops, blouses and top sales have, have been like through the roof and pants and bottoms have declined heavily. <laughs> or just like it's nice blouses and tops. Yeah. And sweatpants are going yeah, away. Or yeah. Yoga pants. Yoga, yoga pants, pants. Plus work blouse. Yeah. Yeah. It's real. I mean, podcasting is like that, too. You know, for example, I'm not even wearing pants right now, so it's... <laughs> it's not true, listeners. He is. I have shorts on, so uh, it's technically it. true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about the cons, though, Sonia? What's the downside of all this remote working and schooling? I think um, we've experienced the, the downside of remote working. Uh, we don't have kids currently, but we have a lot of clients and friends and family members who have kids, and we've been hearing a lot about some of the struggles with remote learning and staying engaged and it sounds pretty pretty tough yeah from the parent perspective absolutely um a lot of people especially the i mean it's challenging just parenting uh 100 of the time you know when your kids are at home and can't go really anywhere else but then also managing that in a professional career which a lot of people are doing um yeah it's tough, tough. it's tough it's yeah. tough um, you know, we talked about this too, but you know, a lot of, there's kind of this interesting dynamic that's happening right now or phenomenon, um, that people are just feeling like frazzled emotionally, uh, mentally from all the zoom meetings. Yeah. If you, if you are, 
if you're in a line of work where all your meetings have now shifted to Zoom meetings and you find yourself going back to back to back Zoom meetings and you feel kind of weird and depleted afterward, there's um, a reason for that, which we'll yeah. get into a little bit. You know, it's really interesting. We came across this article that we'll, we'll definitely link to. It's really, really interesting, but it's called um, Zoom and Gloom, and it's by a, a former professor of ours, Dr. Zachary Green from the University of San Diego. And he talks about this concept of, he really dives into this. He's a psychologist, uh, dives into this con- this concept of video conference Video conferencing onset depression. VOD. VOD, V-O-D. Not in the um, the actual Not sort in of the man- yet. The manual yeah. uh, of disorders, but it's uh, it might be there someday. Yeah. But it's a really interesting article that kind of talks about just the right that platform is so wonderful in so many ways, and you know, and the the ability to continue to do work is really a great privilege. And there's just all sorts of stuff it just doesn't have the capacity to do. Right. Like you're missing all sorts of sensory th- things like, you know, like touch or smell or like just like little subtle ways that we connect in person that, that are just missed on the video. Mm-hmm. And, and, and incredibly validating, too, because I think a lot of people were feeling this and not really understanding what was happening or really being able to name it. Um, and just noticing that after video conferencing or Zooming the exhaustion um, that may be felt or just it, it sort of it's zaps called you. VOD. It's called VOD. Yeah. But I'm more saying like anecdotally, I think yeah. a lot of people were yeah, feeling yeah. that like the, you know, a depletion of energy um, and yeah. strangeness. So yeah, it was, it was cool to see that article. And I think, you know, people come together in a shared experience around that. And, and of course we'll talk about what to do about it. Later. Yeah. I think important side note that we, you know, in an earlier podcast, I think we, we do often talk about the benefits of, if your choices are like text emojis, Facebook lights, likes versus Zoom connection, like the, the amount of connection in a Zoom call is far greater mm-hmm. and deeper and richer than a text. Yeah. So like in the spectrum of things, like Zoom is one of video conferencing. Yeah. A lot of pros, but then there, it, it is not quite the same. It's not even close to the same thing as uh, in-person communication. Right. Right. I think this is an interesting kind of con that I think about, um, I mean, I know it's happening in the, I can attest to this from the remote working perspective, and I know it's happening just from anecdotally from remote schooling, but just the the skyrocketing of multitasking that happens, um, you know, when you can kind of tell, I mean, uh, when people are on a Zoom call and sort of like checked out, multiple tabs open, um, mm-hmm. I've sometimes checked the surf on my little video <laughs> thing, uh, you know, it's, yeah. or just even doing work. There's just so much, there's so much more room for multitasking. And I've talked to, this is, I've talked to a lot of, um, parents and also young people that are school schooling right now remotely and how it's just, <laughs> I can't imagine what I'd be doing in school if I was, if everything was remote, but the, but kids can like play games like video games and be on their school zoom call at the same time. Oh, sure. And the game's on mute or whatever, and there's no way, <laughs> really, of knowing unless the teacher calls in you directly. Yeah. But that's happening a lot, I think, and just, um, you know, or different devices, and people are just kind of like checked out while, you know, listening to a Zoom or something yeah. like that, or they turn their camera off. Well, and then I think also from like the working perspective, um, there is something to sort of the group accountability of being in an office space, and then when you're by yourself. Uh, 
It's just easier to be a little more lax with uh, right. multitasking or taking, you know, funny little breaks here and there um, when you wouldn't probably do that at work. So right. it, it just requires a bit more discipline, um, which, you know, we all have the capacity for, but it's like new. We have this like freedom that we're adjusting to and learning how to hold our own boundaries. Yeah. And just to clarify, too, on the multitasking front, uh, we had the the opportunity to speak with a psychologist who almost primarily focuses on multitasking and the impact of technology on our functioning. His name is Dr. Larry Rosen. Had a great interview with him. And it's proven, you know, across mm-hmm. the board in all sorts of industries uh, and age groups that multitasking is not helpful, does not work, leads to, um, you know, less efficient efficiency and also more stress and um and lower quality products yeah lower yeah. quality products more stress so it's um and there's yeah all sorts of negative impacts like, psychologically it's a lot of work to kind of it's you know obviously we're not multitasking uh it's task switching going right. from one to the other and it yeah. takes a long time for us to kind of get back on track once we've yeah. checked the surf on the <laughs> surf line um so those are some of the those are some of the challenges i think of yeah. Working remotely, schooling remotely. I mean, there's many more. I think we touched on this, but I think that the, I mean, from the parents' perspective too, trying to just like, <laughs> I think, yeah, help keep your kids engaged while, especially young kids, like six, you know, six year olds and younger, yeah. um, during a Zoom call, it must be so challenging. Right. Anyway, so, okay, so what? What, what can we do about this? What are some ways that we can stay well? with all this remote action happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all about balance, right? It's as we sort of increase our time with screens um, by necessity, it's really important to be balancing that out with things that engage our senses in different ways. Right. I want to start with, let's start with um, remote working for, yeah. for folks that are remote yeah. working. How about that? Yeah, yes. yeah, but yeah, yeah. Take it away. Same applies. Engage. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Engaging the senses in different ways. Um, I think this looks, there's a lot of different avenues here depending on what you like doing. Um, be like walks, different sort of house projects even or art projects, exercise, um, gardening, those sorts of things. What or Surfing for you. What, what do you like doing or what are some examples for you? Well, I think that the, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about this. We recently came across this Cal Newport article that was really good about kind of the title, The Lost Satisfaction of Manual Competence, and it's really in line with with this. Yeah. Yeah. So um, part of that blog that he wrote, um, this is this is sort of his work expertise, um, is that a lot of our work as professionals today, unless you're involved in a trade, is like a knowledge base based experience where you're just sharing knowledge either with people or colleagues or et cetera, the wider audiences. Um, and that is somewhat disembodied work, right? It's like all sort of cognitive in our heads and we use technology to share. Meaning like less hands-on, you're not like yeah. building a structure or like. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or fixing, repairing like homes or anything like that. Yeah. Right. It's sharing a, knowledge. It's yeah. A cognitive, a head, a head experience, yeah. um, a thought experience. And uh, being able to go into work and interact with human beings sort of balanced that out a lot and be in an office and, and be doing different sort of tasks. And we've lost that a bit, obviously, right now with stay-at-home orders that are just starting to lift. But um, it's uh, 
he speaks a lot to the importance and satisfaction that we get by doing hands-on experiences and how that's good for our brains, good for our emotions, um, and, and good for our bodies in terms of wellness and dexterity and agility, et cetera. And so he really dives into that in this blog. And, uh, it was, I, I think it just came through this morning for us. And I thought, wow, that's like exactly what we are talking about right now of yeah. how to balance out sort of a, some screen heavy times that right. we're experiencing. And so I think, you know, this is very similar to what we've talked about in the past, but it's, um, really about scheduling in or, or structuring in non-screen time that's mm-hmm. like tactile that engages your senses in a different way so some of the things you already talked about but like taking a quick stroll around the block or going into your backyard if you have access to nature like listening to the birds um smelling the smells engaging your senses in a different way that's just a screen is going to be make a big difference um with that and 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 even better if you can if you can have some like hands-on mm-hmm. learning hands-on action Sonia's is big into puzzles Yes, enjoying some puzzles right now. Yeah, puzzles are good. And like, you know, house projects, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's really great. Yeah. Um, and I think there's also this important part of, of going outside, right? Um, going outside. We're into going outside. Yeah. Yes. Nature so, and park. Sometimes I even, if I just need a quick little break in orientation uh, or reorientation, I'll just go lay down in the backyard for like five minutes and feel the sun on my skin yeah you're like a little lizard you come back in and you're kind of like like that's true very very warm warm. for a long time well not for a long time but i get cold inside which is strange too because it's not cold outside right now but um and i and i think it's important also to share because there there's rightfully so some concern and fear around going outside and you know exposing other people or being exposed to other people and we'll just share that we came across a study that was just done in Japan um, that found that the risk of infection indoors is almost 19 times higher than outdoors. So Mm. we can feel good about getting outside, walking around in a park and knowing that, of course, there is some risk to that still, but it's it's quite a bit lower than, say, going to the grocery store. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's great. Great stuff. And let's, what about, um, I mean, some of this is carries over, right? Yeah. Um, it's not specific to school or work, but I want to talk about, let's dive into how to balance things out if, uh, regards to remote schooling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, I mean, Sebastian already mentioned this, but just to reiterate, you know, we are not parents. We don't have kids right now that we're homeschooling. So most of this is, um, most of it is we're hearing from Friends, clients, family members, and then and seeing a lot of a lot of uh, literature written about this right now. Yeah, I mean, we're also wor- yeah, as you said, clients. We're working with a lot of young people who, and so we're seeing sort of yeah um, the need the need for this stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, but oh, yeah. go ahead. No, no, I want to ask you because oh, okay. I think you're really into this. Yeah, we came across this in a, in a in a cool article, but this, you know, parents that are kind of at their wits' end with with online learning or just classes that are Zoom based. Um, trying out some different things. And one thing that came up, which is really cool, was, was this concept of like an appre- apprentice model learning. Yeah. Can you share about that? Sure. Did they uh, say it was Egyptian? They did, like an ancient Egyptian method of Sonia's teaching. Sonia's part Egyptian, so yeah. it makes sense that you would share about this now. <laughs> sure. Let's go with that. Um, no, this article is really Tell great. Tell us about your heritage and how this... <laughs> um, I... I liked this article for many reasons. Um, one, I think it really normalized the struggles that people are having um, with, you know, trying to have Zoom classrooms and, and remote learning. And it's, you know, working for some people, not working for others. Um, and 
on one hand, they're sort of saying it's okay to let let go of this learning model a little bit if if your kids are not doing well with it, etc. But one of the one of the ideas that was shared was this apprentice model, and that um, you know back in the day it, when maybe formal education wasn't available to everybody, um, or much less available. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> um, we we had this I this uh, people tended to have opportunities to teach their kids in more of an apprentice way, where the parent would just be sort of going about their day, completing the tasks they needed to complete, and the you know child would just be along with them, learning how to do those things uh, together. And so that you know today could look a little more like cooking, help having kids help cooking or helping them help complete chores and, and the inherent lessons that come in that with recipes, there's math and science and, um, with gardening, there's, you know, environmental sciences and learning, et cetera. And so there are some parents who are having, you were having, you know, a lot of challenges in the virtual learning space and moved more to this like hands-on experiential learning and felt relatively okay about, you know, there's still being learning happening. It just wasn't in a traditional formal classroom setting. Right. Yeah. Totally. It's. A, I think it's a great, a great model, and I think it's important to say that not available to everyone it requires oh, a yeah. lot of time mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I guess just the ability, the flexibility to, to do that kind of right. Sort of, yeah. You know, schooling. <laughs> yeah, and and I, this article talked a bit about, you know, how how this model can support maybe some separate time from your kids, again, depending on their age, where, you know, they could be tasked with something that they just learned and to go do that chore. And that gives you time and space to do your work. Right. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of the Amish. We talk about the Amish from time to time, but Mm -hmm. like, you know, the Amish kids are kind of from a, they're doing apprentice. They got the apprentice model going from day one, basically. Yeah. And a lot of community involved, but, but, uh, they're doing projects. Yeah. And it's awesome. They're probably doing just fine right now. They're doing fine. (laughs) Yeah. Become an Amish person. That's yes. another recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, kidding. Only if you want to. Yeah. Well, did you want to say anything about like the idea of less here? Um, you want me to speak about it a bit? You talk about it. Okay. Um, this, I think, is a theme that comes up a lot um, and something I feel passionate about. The, the less is more, you know, less but better. Um, and that... One thing we're all feeling right now is sort of way more space and time than we normally have. We're normally juggling a whole bunch of different priorities and activities and, you know, socially or family responsibilities. And there's, you know, still it looks a little different, but, you know, a majority of people have maybe less things that they're juggling. And the thought here is, you know, whether it's schooling or remote working or just, you know, living right now, um, doing less but at a higher quality and so not worrying about having a full day of school but maybe just like one lesson that's really um rich in its experience for the day right yeah is a great idea and opportunity yeah i love that i think there is an opportunity right to and i think this this transitions nicely into kind of taking time here using this as an opportunity to reflect Mm -hmm. and you know talk about how um we don't know. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty. We don't know how things, when things get back to normal, what's mm-hmm. that going to look like? It's probably not, it's definitely not going to look like it did prior to this pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so just being, being really intentional, I think this is something that we've had the ability to do a little bit is kind of step back and be like, you know, really, how do we want, 
how do we want to be doing this remote working and mm-hmm. you know and remote learning and um, what's important to us? And I think that's been a big theme for us in our personal lives is you know less is more, more focused, uh, maybe doing less different things, but um, kind of richer experiences, things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah, and I've I personally um, have noticed some peace uh, or feelings of peace and not having so many like things available to do it's just like easier to to go about my day and be happy about what I'm doing because I don't have a million options of like fun things I could be doing or like social things that I'm missing out you know a lot less FOMO happening right now yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. it's really it's kind of an amazing opportunity in that way yeah yeah it's like a yeah everyone has a chance right now to sort of reevaluate what they want when we can start doing the things you know we used to be doing which of those do I actually want to take back up versus what do I want to leave behind? Right. Yeah. Less is more. Less is more. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what that brings us to? Oh, it's your turn to do the challenge jingle, I think. <laughs> oh, no, it's yeah, your turn. No, no, I did the last one. Challenge! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that? I'm about to go into a battle. Challenge! Yeah, it's a battle cry. Yeah. For the challenge. Okay, just to recap. I think this is important. We're talking here about you know, really ways to avoid uh, being zoomed out, becoming VOD. a zombie. Yeah. A zombie? Yeah. A zombie. A zombie. Uh, or experiencing VOD, video conferencing onset depression. Um, and you know, that's really the focus here is right, embracing the the benefits of uh, the the benefits and the power of technology, and also not getting sucked into the vortex and becoming um, mm-hmm. a zombie. So the challenge for this week is, you know, really getting in touch with what is your plan for avoiding uh, becoming a zombie, being zoomed out. So identify one or two ways you can do this. And the idea is this is the proactive uh, measure Mm -hmm. or thing that you do rather than waiting till you're kind of frazzled and uh, over the top and then doing something. But so, yeah, one one thing you can do this week to be proactive. What do you think, Sonia? Um, I mean, what I've been finding useful, I hadn't really been doing this intentionally, but I noticed that the weeks that I feel better include like less, less virtual, um, professional and social things than I was doing. Um, so like maybe one or two virtual social things a week max, um, and really, really trying to keep my Zoom meetings um, no more than once a day, but ideally like just three times a week. It, you know, that's generally possible for me in my work right now. I know that may not be for everybody else, but that is, th- those have been good parameters for me. Um, and being a lot more clear about my start and stop time also. Mm. Uh, it give me more time and space to do other things that help balance out the screen time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. What about you? You know, I kind of felt similar. It's like really, I think initially with all this, um, I was just, and kind of people uh, were jumping on Zoom, like kind of willy-nilly, like, oh, we got to, you know, let's do a meeting. We can mm-hmm. do it so easily now or jump on a call, like kind of much more uh, consistently mm-hmm. than what was maybe necessary. You know, it's like kind of over meeting. Yeah. And so really getting getting clear on like just doing the Zoom calls that are, absolutely necessary for work and for social stuff. I think social stuff, that's a little different for me, but I'm like more scaling back on work Zoom related 
uh, calls that, that aren't really necessary. Yeah. And also mixing it up with um, phone calls and things like that. Right, exactly. That's what yeah. I was going to say. Yeah, just varying the type of interaction you're having. You know, if it's not Zoom, but maybe you still need to talk to someone, it can be a call. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the other thing for me too, this is this is right in line with things we've talked about before, but just really having a focus and intention on on doing a daily physical playtime. Mm-hmm. could be, for me, surfing is kind of the go-to. Mm-hmm. Ping pong. Ping pong. I'm rocking it with ping pong recently, just FYI. Against Sonia. Oh, dear. Uh, for those of you who didn't, we're hardcore with our ping pong. That's true. I'm on a hot streak. Yeah. So I want to keep it going. I did have about a month of not being able to play that's due true. to leg injury. That's true. Okay. That's that's valid. Jeez. Right. Jeez. I'm waiting for you to bring it. I bring it every day. Yeah, you bring it every day. Okay, great. So anyway, that's the challenge. What are one? What is identify one or two ways you can pre proactively mm-hmm. avoid uh, being zoomed out, burnt out, screened out, zoomed out. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for tuning in to the Nature Unplugged podcast. You can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and basically everywhere that podcasts are available. We would love it if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out a ton. Uh, Be sure and visit www.natureunplugged.com for more information and resources. We've got tons of resources on there. And uh, you can also find more detailed show notes on our website if you just click on free resources, then podcasts. Uh, This is where we put a lot of our links and things like that that we discuss in our podcast. Uh, Thank you again for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. Things change like seasons out of our control. If you think you should go, I will let you go. Oh!